And that, that comes from just really knowing what you want. And I wish I knew, uh, I wish I was better at knowing that. I wish I could conjure that feeling and maybe it's just a practice of doing it. But the best way I, I know how to do this right now is by uh, a process I call spellcrafting. And uh, um, it's just writing out the future that you want to experience in as much detail as possible. Welcome to the Ad Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast, where we're on a mission to end entrepreneurial unhappiness. If you're an entrepreneur with a burning desire to change the world, this podcast is for you. We're here to help you transform your life and business so that you can achieve the freedom and fulfillment you crave. This show is dedicated to entrepreneurs who want more out of their life, more meaning, more purpose, and ultimately, more happiness. You deserve it all and it's possible. I'm your host, Robert Peterson, pastor turned life coach for business owners. I believe that success without happiness is not true success at all, but there's always hope for those who are willing to take action. Join us every week as we bring you inspiring leaders and messages that will help you on your journey towards success. Thank you for investing your time with us today. Let's get started. Today's guest is a world-class presentation coach, story strategist, and author who helps coaches, startups, and executives use storytelling to better communicate their unique value and improve sales with their audience. Kyle Gray combines timeless storytelling with cutting-edge marketing to ensure you've got the right story to tell while presenting on a sales call or in conversation, both online and offline. Robert meets with Kyle Gray, who's living his life by design, off the grid in Hawaii. Kyle and Robert talk about the power of storytelling in reaching audiences with your message, but also how the stories we tell ourselves impact our personal growth. Kyle is a master at helping experts extract the value of the stories and craft them in a way that engages their audiences. Well, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm excited to uh, have this conversation and, and share your story. So with, with that, I usually let my guests share their entrepreneurial journey and what's led them to the impact they're trying to make in the world now. Hey, Robert, thank you so much for having me on your show. And I'm so excited to continue the conversation that we've been, we've been having. And um, there's lots of ways that I can answer that question, but based off of what I know about you and what you care about, um, I would say that, an interesting opening chapter in my entrepreneurial journey is living in Cusco, Peru. I had been there for several months um, working as an intern, helping different business owners learn how to like keep their books, you know, just basic little tienda tiny stores or just up in the hills, helping these these people with just, you know, establish a guinea pig farm or plant fruit trees and doing doing lots of different things. And I heard about people traveling the world and uh, growing businesses with their laptops. And uh, that sounded so exciting. I love to travel. There was nothing else that really made sense to me. Uh, I, I like went to college. I remember freshman year, like writing this desperate, you know, essay about how frustrated I was that I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And the only thing that made sense was being able to travel. And so, but 
so I'm here in Peru and I'm like, well, I speak Spanish and, you know, I can, um, I would, I would consider myself in maybe the 95th percentile of Americans that if you put me in a random country and I didn't know where I was, you know, I would be able to survive and be okay. I would perform. So that's, a, that's a skill I can, I can vouch for, but I didn't think that that would transfer into the entrepreneurial world that I so desperately wanted to enter. So I listened to podcasts for years, waiting for my perfect business idea to come to me. The one that would have no competition that I would be able to launch to immediate success. And of course it would be, you know, the first thing I came up with and I would just, you know, it would, it would be great. And I waited for years and it never came um, until I started doing random little entrepreneurial things and just building up my courage and building up my journey. Um, I think my first money I ever made uh, that I, I would consider, well, I get, I made some entrepreneur money a little bit as a kid, but I built like search engine websites like plaidpants.org and I would hire uh, you know freelancers to write articles for a dollar with keywords about plaid pants or gluten-free crackers or random things. And if people would come to the websites and click on the ads, I would make a nickel. And I remember the first nickel I made and it changed everything. A website that I had built, you know, made a little bit of money. And um, from there I began uh, on an endeavor to see what fit for me. I tried lots of different businesses uh, that were particularly embarrassing and dumb um, in the very early seasons, but uh, I think that's part of it. You you learn a lot and started really refining and, and finding out where I did good and what lit me up and what I really enjoyed. And I started gravitating towards storytelling and connecting with people and um, great teaching and being able to influence ideas with that teaching. Um, I started writing um, and seeing how my, my writing as in the form of blogging and storytelling for the growth of different businesses um, was a really powerful tool and began writing my own books um, and using my writing skills to insert myself into different businesses and with, with align myself with certain leaders who were doing things that were interesting that I wanted to learn. And slowly I started seeing how people would speak from the stage and create an experience that would inspire people, that would open people up to new ideas and that would uh, create action. And it reminded me of what it was like to be 19 and playing um, music on the stage and having like creating an experience for people um, by being a singer songwriter. And I knew I, I had to be a part of that. And so I used my writing skills to insert myself in several different companies, several different leaders who were all offering, you know, $10,000. Here's how you build a great webinar. Here's how you build a great signature talk. Here's how you position yourself to be a speaker and helped and served, worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people through these programs, helping position themselves as speakers, helping them write great signature talks and was also building my own business. I had a copywriting business, would write talks for people and even had a great um, team of stay-at-home moms across the uh, <clears throat> across North America and Europe who would do web development and copywriting and all these great things for me. Um, and uh, when the when the pandemic happened, 
I uh, had to right size my team. There was a lot of things. A lot of people were scared. Nobody knew what was going on. And and I wasn't the greatest team manager. I my I did so I was very good at sales. I was very good at what I the the way I served my clients. They loved working with me, but managing the team and my team and the clients, it was crazy. And so we had to just cut it down. And this was the time where I really had enough courage to be like, okay, well, I'm not going to kind of hide myself behind other people's companies anymore. Like I have this skill set and I can market and sell this. And so I began uh, my journey as being a very high end, very high touch uh, presentation and signature talk coach, helping uh, many of the people that I've worked with over in health and wellness, in entrepreneurship, in leadership, express all of the brilliant ideas that they have in their head in a way that really lands in the hearts of their audiences and inspires the action that they want them to take. Nice. I like it. There's obviously a lot happening in there, but let's, I know obviously you're living where you want to live. You're doing what you want to do. And, and you really did end up discovering that laptop business lifestyle so so let's dig into to that idea of designing the life that you want and then creating the business to to support it absolutely um i wish i could say that i was methodical in a certain way or that i like knew what i was doing um you know the way i told this story it seemed like it all made sense but even to this day, and even, you know, really literally to this day, I like wake up and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Like, I, I know what I, I know my values and I know what works and I'm working. But at the same time, I'm like, is this adding up to something? I have no idea where this is going. You know, it's an act of faith. It's a real big, like active act of faith in a lot of ways. But um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, being able to have a vision for something that I want. Um, I, I this is one of the most important processes uh, that I have. And um, the, I can look back on this and know that there are less than a dozen, less than 10 rare shining gem moments in my life where I knew what I wanted and I could picture it very clearly, what I wanted in my life. And I, I, there was, I was certain that I was going to get it. There was nothing that would stand in my way. Um, one of these moments was actually, you mentioned I'm living where I want right now. Um, I came to the big island of Hawaii in November of 2020. And it was expecting to be there for a five day vacation. But this actually reminded me of the times when I was a traveler and I was living in Thailand, being in the jungles over here. And it reminded me of like a youthful time when I was just starting out in this crazy world and starting to learn these things and decided to stay here. And then another really great story from uh, my college years that I think perfectly encapsulates this energy, which will answer this question in a way. Um, I heard about a internship to Brazil as an undergrad where you would work for an airline, you would do guerrilla marketing. So they would fly you to different cities around Brazil, you'd live in Sao Paulo, and then you would work for an airline traveling to different cities and handing out discounts and vouchers on the street, speaking to people. 
and I heard about this and I had so wanted to go to Brazil after living in South America for a while. And I got an appointment with my, with the international internship coordinator at the university. And I sat down next to, with her and I was like, Hey, I want to go to Brazil. I want to go on this trip. And she said, okay, do you speak Portuguese? And I said, no, but I will by the time I get there. And, you know, I meant it and there was like, I was like, I will. And she was like, okay, well, you know, if you can prove that, then that's one thing. And you need to have, um, you need to have like a local internship first, because we're not just going to send some random person abroad, um, you know, if we don't know that we can trust you. And I was like, okay. And I just so happened to have a friend who was working in, in a leadership position in a nonprofit, the one that ultimately sent me to Peru at the beginning of this uh, adventure, and uh, told, told him I needed an internship right away. Um, and so like literally left the office, called, got an internship, and went back into the office and told them I had an internship. And she's like, well, you're supposed to like sign up and go through the university things and all of these things. But I was just like, I'm doing this. And, and it's so rare for a student to be like, here, I'm ready to do stuff, you know, that uh, um, it won them over. But that, and that, that comes from just really knowing what you want. And I wish I knew, uh, I wish I was better at knowing that. I wish I could conjure that feeling. And maybe it's just a practice of doing it. But the best way I, I know how to do this right now is by uh, a process I call spellcrafting. And uh, um, it's just writing out the future that you want to experience in as much detail as possible. And what are you seeing? What are you tasting? What are you feeling? Um, and writing it like it's in present tense. These are the exact same techniques that I use to help somebody create a powerful origin story to share from the stage. But instead, it's it's creating a story that enrolls and inspires you, a vision that you can set yourself in and navigate towards. I love it. I mean, really, it's it's creating Napoleon Hill's burning desire, right? By and and, and visualizing it in in the most. I, I think that's a big challenge for people, and why so many people don't apply Napoleon's instructions. But really, when he talks about a burning desire, he talks about you know creating that pathway, that idea, that that result in your mind so clearly that it has no choice but to happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I I love that. So I do want to dig back a little bit. And you mentioned Brazil and uh, this guerrilla marketing opportunity, but you also mentioned the nonprofit you, that you got to go work in Peru and and do this work. So, so share a little bit more about that. For me, it's it, this is just personal. This is you know I lived in Colombia for ten years, and and uh, mm -hmm. a big part of my plan now in on the business development side is to do exactly what it sounds like you were doing um, in helping small business owners believe in a bigger vision, believe in a bigger possibility. I think small business development entrepreneurship is really the solution to so many of the world's challenges because it solves the biggest challenge underneath all of them. And that's poverty. And, and so helping people run their business, helping people build something bigger than, than they even think is possible 
is really what I want to start helping. And places like Peru and Colombia, Brazil, and and of course um, many countries in Africa are are prime and ripe for for this type of of work. So I'm intrigued to hear a little bit about this nonprofit and the work you were doing. Definitely. Well, it's something I kind of illustrated on the podcast. I have uh, both good things and and criticisms uh, about this this area of philanthropy. And um, what you're saying is really interesting to me. My experience was a lot less about transformational ideas like what you were describing and more teaching them how to you know keep your books and having the income books and the outgoing books and really really simple stuff or don't buy a new refrigerator if you can buy a used refrigerator um but these things were like could make a tremendous difference or helping them create a guinea pig farm or plant a few fruit trees and perhaps something like this would have been would have been more powerful for them i would i would be really intrigued to see what cultivating the you know the mindset and the ideas that we were talking about in the previous question in these communities um and and what possibilities like there's 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 a part of me that i'm i'm skeptical in this area because also my time working in peru there was there was good work done and i was doing good work a lot of the time and there was a lot of of work and energy and money wasted in just having people come on these week-long retreats and do something that made them feel like they made an impact in this world and they could go home with a with a clear conscience by painting you know a mud hut uh in the sacred valley or something that 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 was a good enough project and so there was a lot of times where I felt like we uh, were taking more than we were giving or offering these places. And um, I also felt that one of the biggest dangers of philanthropic leadership is the uh, fallacy that just because you are a good person and trying to do good things, that that means that you should are like that you shouldn't run this like a business and a well-tuned organization that for some reason having a good heart gives you a pass to uh not be integrous in certain ways which i feel ultimately sapped a lot of the power of this organization to make a big impact well i appreciate the the honesty i've i've coming into the business world and and Obviously, I spent 20 years in ministry. I spent 20 years raising my own support and 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 understanding the connection between supporters and the work being done and, and the value exchange that was happening. And so um, I have a very strong position about how money should be spent and, and what should be done. And, and results, of course, are very important. But depending on expectations, of course, too, because sometimes our expectations for performance, for you know, being funded from the U.S. to you know, work actually occurring in in mm -hmm. a third world country can can be very challenging. But I've seen and been invited to galas and events and all these things that are supporting philanthropic efforts, and then I come to find out that small, tiny pieces are going to 
the charity and and 90% of the money is going into the person that hosted the events pocket. And and so I've been jaded on this side of the <laughs> of the events as well. And so I definitely want events that are run with great clarity and great honesty that say, look, our administrative fees are this and the cost of putting on this fancy dinner is this. And this is what we're going to end up, you know, sending to the charity and, and this is the result that they'll get on the other end. And so I agree with you wholeheartedly about, you know, that just because you're doing something with a good heart, if that's what you're using as your promotion piece and that's how you're raising your money and getting your volunteers, um, then you need to have the integrity that you're, you're trying, you're, you're making an effort to get results as well. And, and for me, my heart is clearly getting people results, helping people to change their lives. And that's, that's for super sure. important. And so if we're not making that happen, I don't want to, I don't want to spend my money or anybody else's money to, to, to make those kinds of things happen. I don't want to spend my energy just to travel. Yeah. I've, I've done plenty of traveling. I want to do travel with a purpose and, and make sure that the impact that we're having is, is very, very real. So I love that mm -hmm. you're bringing this to the front and I love that, that, it it's challenging me to think a little differently about how do we approach this as a business opportunity? How do we approach this to encourage business leaders to participate? Like for me, I even think about the difference, you know, I've stayed in hotels and stayed in people's homes and I've stayed in places that most Americans wouldn't stay necessarily. So it's like, all right, if I'm taking a group of business leaders that are all making six figures, are they going to want to stay in this tiny little hotel that we've stayed in in the past? It's like, yeah. there's some reality checks that that we have to do in the process because it's sure. a different, different process with business leaders. And and if you don't get those people in your company, then the lights aren't going to stay on for very long and you're not going to be able to do the good work. Exactly. You know, it's like, it's, it's, you know, and a lot of these things, like it's hard to be good um, as you know, what I would even give credit for. Like a lot of the people that I've, you know, was mentioning are, I think that everybody has every good intention. They really do have good hearts. They're trying to do good things. And yeah, just like a hundred things like what you just described happen. We will be right back after this short break. Are you an entrepreneur who started their business with purpose and passion only to lose sight of it amidst the daily grind? We understand how frustrating that can be. That's why we're offering free strategy calls to help you gain clarity on the barriers holding you back from achieving your dreams. In just 30 minutes, our experienced coaches will work with you to identify obstacles and develop strategies for overcoming them. There's no commitment or pressure, just a chance to get some assistance and clarity you need. Scheduling is easy. Simply visit smilingcall.com and select a time that works for you. Let's jump on a call and build your business together. It's time for you to add value and achieve your full potential as an entrepreneur. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So now, love that story, love love sharing, but let's dig back to to the root of, of all of this is, is really the power of story, right? And the power of your story, helping people extract their story. Um, I, my frustration recently, at least in the social media space and other spaces, you know, these people trying to pop up a business and show up on social media and well, there's two sides, buying, buying likes and follows and <laughs> podcast reviews. And then the other side is uh, 
you know, showing up and creating a story where you look, I've got a, a sports car I rented for the weekend and park it in front of my Airbnb mansion that I rented for 24 hours and taking all my social media photos all at once, you know, mm-hmm. versus the opportunity for, for doing something authentic, whether you're broke or, or not, right. Being, being able to be your authentic self and how that authentic story really is, has more value than, than something you're trying to make up or something you think people want you to show up as. Yeah. And really connecting with that, it, it seems like there's a big, because of the the problems that you described or the negatives that you described, I think people are very sensitive or inflamed around this type of marketing. And it's only in this current age that we're in where we are experiencing faster change at, at rates that we are not uh, biologically equipped to adequately address. Um, <clears throat> uh, so here we are, yeah, like this, is, this isn't what, what our bodies are built for, the world changing as fast as it is right now. And um, it, it particularly in this last decade and then this next coming decade, things are changing so fast. And this is gonna involve things of like what you can offer to the world and what you can sell. If you have teams or people working for you, um, the marketplace is very fluid. You'll lose your team if you don't inspire them or you, you can, things are going to be changing so fast. And, the, and there's more information than ever. People are gonna be able to produce even more information. Artificial intelligence is gonna give so many ideas out there. And the only thing that's safe from the artificial intelligence is what you do in your own life. The only thing that that this transformation is going to leave for each of us individually is to be the heroes of our own lives and go out and take our own risks and have experiences and to be able to share our own stories and why we care which is what what I help people work with and articulate and separate it from all of the genius and all of the training and all of the intelligence that they have, but really bringing these stories forward, which makes us human, which allows us to connect with each other, which is what is in such short supply in those uh, particular videos that we're seeing. Well, and... and and the reality is <laughs> we are all sucked into this idea of artificial reality. And we, we have been for a long time. We've, we've been watching this box on our table in our living room for, you know, my lifetime for certain. <laughs> and Oh, me and, too. And it, I'm, and I it's grew full up of, and I'm immersed in it. It's full of all of these artificial stories, right? They're fictional tales that, that make us feel like we're involved in, you know, hero stories, anti-hero stories, emergency stories, cop stories. And, and, and all of them are really so loosely based in reality that, that, you know, we've been in this artificial reality space and, and nobody's, you know, jumping up and down saying, create your own adventure, right? Do do your own thing. And, and there are lots of Americans doing their own thing, traveling across country, traveling around the world. You know, people like you and I that have been blessed to, to have the ability to land in almost any country in the world and figure it out, right? We know we, we, we have, we have a skill set that isn't, isn't as marketable, but, 
but if you know if like Kyle Bourne we woke up on a Russian sailing vessel and were dumped into into whatever port they landed in we'd at least figure out how to survive we would perform better than the average American I, I don't know I might like be to, killed but I would do better than I would last longer than the I'd average I'd like American. to believe that I could I'd I'd like to believe that we could make a movie about this and I would make it like I, I I've I've done paperwork in other countries that's got to that that in itself is a project on its own right and and of course we won't even talk about learning a second language because that's a whole nother and if you've learned two languages you're just wrong so <laughs> or more well, i'm right? not sure you mentioned like a blessing and i think um one of the things you know like you say not a lot of people are doing this and i've been reflecting on this a lot and uh, as as wonderful as my life is a lot of the times I also like wonder, I'm, I'm like, am I crazy? And I think I am. Um, there's, I, I don't know exactly, you know, what happened to me and I'm not sure what happened to you, but I do see a trend that most people that end up creating great things, there's some kind of something that crosses some wires when you're young and there's some kind of, I'm not good enough that gets planted. And this allows you this, I'm not good enough allows you to endure discomfort, uncertainty, because you've just been punishing yourself the whole time. So you're already used to it. So you can just go through this and you get to a certain point of success. Uh, and, but, and this is what I will call level one or like the mirage. You can use this trauma to get you to a certain level of success, which most people would consider and see from the outside as a pretty good degree of success. This is, you have money and these things are happening. But at level one is precisely when it, the reverse correlation starts. This trauma energy now hinders you and holds you back and keeps you. You can't just be the work harder, grind more guy to get from six figures to seven figures. It could get you to six figures, great or you know, however you want to measure your impact in the world. Um, and so the time comes to be able to look at this story and transform it. Now, this is really where the really interesting magic of the story work that I do happens because the same stories that we would write or the same techniques that we write to create an interesting and inspiring story to inspire action in your audience, we use these techniques to influence ourselves. And, and we've got to be able to translate this story that's been driving this I'm not good enough trauma that's gotten you to a very high degree of success. But now you need to step into a, a different role, a greater role as a visionary, as a leader. Um, and by both translating how you feel about that story, turning it from something that agitates you into something that has you've, you've healed, that you're proud to share. And oftentimes, you know, in the most fun situations, particularly for me, taking that story that was once a source of shame and holding you back to something that you could proudly share from the stage and have people be excited to pay you money because they heard you share this story um, is, is the ultimate like transformation in a certain way. Yes, you're reminding me of a book I just started uh, reading, listening to, and it's the Hypomanic Edge, the link between oh, a, the link between a little craziness and a lot of success in America. 
Oh, I'm definitely a little crazy. Uh, it's, it's, we just gotta, we gotta figure out how to, yeah, measure that. This is great. I gotta check this book out too. Hypo, yeah, hypomanic edge in America. It's, uh, it's, it's written about this entrepreneurial roller coaster, right? This, this idea of even thinking about Steve Jobs and and some of those, and you know the OCD and other things that people call crazy, right? A little bit of crazy, but can lead to success or a lot of it. it it, it writes a little crazy and a lot of success in tiny little print above the, <laughs> above the title. So, yeah. but that idea of it, it does take a little bit of crazy and, and we do experience some negative things. And, and there is an interesting aspect of some of the negative. And I think social media has allowed people to overshare some things in their lives and, and they're sharing sometimes in maybe the wrong timing um, right. Sharing some sure. of those things, those, so sharing those traumas before they've resolved them, sharing those, uh, the, the pit of despair before they have a, they have a resolution, but a lot of story rec really is about your mess is your message, right? Your, what you've gone through, what you've taken yourself through really can become your strength in, in the story you share and in what you sell from the stage, uh, in a lot of cases. And I think, our ability to overcome, our ability to have that adventure, make our lives that adventure, make ourselves the hero of that adventure. And, and for me now, I'm translating that to, I want to make my clients the heroes of their own story, right? The heroes of their own business and and elevate them or, or prepare them. And, and it's interesting because you do it from the idea of helping them prepare a stage story. And, and I'm doing it from the side of helping them prepare how they think about themselves and think about their business and, and really how they show up on a daily basis. And then you're, you're giving them the tools to say, yeah, that's the same story. Now let's get, get, get you on a stage and get you an audience. That's going to, you know, resonate with that story and say, man, I love this guy or gal and i man i want to buy all their stuff right and the whole place is walking to the back of the room to buy autographed copies of their book that you and i Absolutely. obviously helped them write <laughs> well there's certain there's something i want to i want to touch on and and that's all right on and you're you're hinting at something that i've also recently articulated is that stories have a life cycle all stories have a life cycle there's the two, most stories, good stories start out and they're in the too soon phase. And this is what you were complaining about. People just kind of dumping out their, their complaints without having integrated or really understood what's going on. It's too soon and it doesn't serve you to share in this, in this way. Um, but, you know, over time, if you can uh, move through this, integrate it and heal it. Then you move into what I call the sweet spot. These are stories that you can still like identify with, with that part of you that was wound, that wounded self, the too soon self. And you actually use that energetically to connect with everybody else who's feeling that. And because of your connection with them and we're we're all here and I know your pain and I understand it right now and we're going to get there. And that's the magic and that's what we're all about. But there's a third stage, which um, I can't remember the exact name. It's like too late or uh, you've, you've moved past these stories. 
And so I'll give you an example of a client I worked with who when he, he hosts amazing events, $100,000 events like these galas, usually for high ticket coaches and things. Um, and he started out like speaking and selling, but he had a stutter. And so he would always have a talk about how he was so scared to talk to people because he had a stutter, you know, and people would do it. And then he had this story of transformation that now he's not scared of a stutter and he's speaking on these stages. And that was a great story. And he told that story for years. But after a couple of years and being, you know, successful, like he stopped resonating with this. I also had a woman who would speak to, to uh, mothers, young mothers with new children. And she was running a business, this business for 10 years until her children were now college age. And she didn't quite resonate or identify with the young mother energy anymore and wasn't able to like reach them as much. And so this is, you, you, you need to have a new story at this point. Uh, the story that you once told no longer has any hold on you anymore. And you've moved past it so much that nobody can feel anything anymore. And so we're always, uh, as entrepreneurs, as creators, as humans living our lives, we have a variety of stories that will fit into these different stages of our life cycle. And being able to understand what stories and what stage can help us and, and how it impacts us right now can help us make the choice of like, well, do I need to start telling a new story here? Do I need to wait on this story? Or am I doing exactly the right thing? Mm. That's so, so powerful. And and helping people to recognize that can, can be really challenging. You you mentioned in the very beginning or part of your, your journey was working for other people, helping their programs, you know, working to get people on stages. Share share with me a little bit about mentorship in your life and how some of those mentors have molded you into the person that's able to run this this entrepreneurial enterprise, um, and how you would encourage those entrepreneurs listening to to find an appropriate mentor. The my life, the greatest hinges that my life has swung on, the most incredible doors that have opened have come from somebody who is further along on the path than me, seeing some kind of value in me and presenting me with an opportunity, which happened. I, I have far too many stories than I could ever uh, express. And uh, uh, yeah, like the gratitude is, 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 is not something that I can articulate in language. So um, that's what I, that's the first thought I have. Um, and then, this is this is something that is really interesting to me because I I'm starting to feel that I'm just entering the phase where I can provide this. I mean, I have been providing this in a lot of ways, but this particular thing that was impactful for me, I started my entrepreneurial career. What what I really feel for real, once I when I graduated um, college with my master's degree, I made a few contacts in an entrepreneur space, and this guy was looking for a content marketing apprentice. You're not going to make a lot of money, but he's going to teach you how to do how he's been running content marketing for a high six figure, rapidly growing startup. And uh, you're going to you're going to learn how to write blog posts for these people. And um, he it, it was a remote job. Um, he lived in Australia, so he recommended living in Thailand. And I told him we had I had interviewed him once and I said, 
hey, I have $6,000 and I'm planning on moving to Chiang Mai and I'm going to start a business or, you know, or whatever. I'm, I'm, that was my plan. And two days before I got on the plane to Asia, um, he hired me to start working for a startup and threw me in the deep end. And it was incredibly hard. Uh, it was I had gotten a master's degree. I had very good grades. I wrote very good papers. And this was hard to be able to produce 10, 2000 word articles a month and be graded not by professors, but by um, Twitter and Google. Um, <clears throat> uh, and it, it was very challenging, but he provided, you know, he provided feedback. I, I wasn't, I'm, it, he wasn't the greatest like coach in a sense, but he was a good leader and a good manager and let me like threw me into the deep end and I started learning how to swim, you know, and, and built something out of that. And I think that that's something like just young people need a lot more of just drowning, almost drowning, kind of not not literally, but maybe even kind of literally, um, <clears throat> but in their life. I think that's really healthy and we don't have nearly enough of that. Um, but uh, the, the space that he provided for that allowed me to really refine a practical tool set that I used to insert myself into many other businesses and create many other opportunities. I was highly motivated by wanting to learn from other people and learn what they did and how they did what they did rather than by making money, particularly in my 20s and you know, still through a lot of my early 30s. I'm not trying, uh, but I have grown a lot. I have a lot more value and I'm, I'm grateful to be talking to you know increasingly influential and brilliant people like yourself because of a thousand doors that were open because of good mentors um, that, that saw something in me. Love that. So you mentioned gratitude. So on the personal growth side, how has gratitude served you in, in this journey? Um, it's, it's such a thing to come back to. And it's so easy to forget. Um, as somebody who's very, I'm incredibly future oriented. I'm always thinking about the future. I'm thinking about what could be. As a strategist, I'm aware. I like know what strategy I'm using. And I know the 99 ones that I'm not using. And there's a certain tension with that all of the time. Um, I... Uh, you know, I, I strategize my day. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be on a, like a five hour block of phone calls. And as soon as I finish up, am I going to go to the beach? That might be nice to relax, but I also just got my guitar back and I would really like to start practicing guitar. And if I go to the beach and not practice guitar today, am I still a good person? Um, take the beat you know, guitar to the beach, man, do both. Take the guitar to the beach. But anyway, it illustrates a point and where I'm trying to go with what does this have to do with gratitude is gratitude is the cure for all of this. And I think that um, in this highly engineered, highly technical dopamine pornographized society that we're in, um, being able to experience gratitude brings you to the peace and the presence and and feeling like it's also the secret ingredient bringing it back to that spellcraft that I was talking about. You've got to feel gratitude for that future 
that you want, you've got it. That's the feeling that you want. You want to feel grateful for it. And that's what will bring it to you. And you've got it. Whatever you feel grateful for, you will attract more of. And uh, I apologize to myself for all of these years that I have known this and haven't practiced it nearly enough. And I think it happens to so many of us. So oh. thank you for the reminder with that question. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Kyle, what's the, what's the big dream? The big dream. I'm pretty close. Um, I, uh, want to spend my time. It, it's, it's kind of unifying and, and fulfilling that 19 year old rock star dream. I want to spend most of my time creating great music, creating fun YouTube videos, uh, expressing myself and having wonderful conversations with people like you and helping um, make this world better by working with people that are interesting, that are inspiring, that have things to learn me and get it, or that I learn and grow from and being paid to provide that. And then with the money I make, patronizing my own art and creating my own things and doing whatever I want. And I don't care if anybody pays me for it. I'm already getting paid and I'm just making my art. Love that. All right, Kyle, what, what with all the success that you've had in, in business and in, and in life now, what, what's, what's your biggest challenge? Believing that I'm successful at all and being at peace with that. I uh, am always like intensely wrestling with, have I done enough? Am I doing this right? And where is this going? Thank you for sharing that. I know that there's others listening that wrestle with similar, similar thoughts. All right, Kyle, we end every show with our guests sharing their words of wisdom. So for our entrepreneurial audience listening, what would Kyle's words of wisdom be? These are three very important uh, words that I repeat to myself all of the time. And if we, there's many stories uh, that I would have uh, to share about this exercise, but it is, well, I'll share that it's accept the discomfort. And I learned this in a, in a class in university, it was a Japanese theater class and he would, the teacher would start us by meditating each day. And we would sit on our knees in meditation on the concrete floor. And he said, eventually you'll learn to find comfort in this, or you will learn to accept the discomfort. And those words have echoed in my mind because I believe that the greatest determiner of living a happy, a satisfying, a purposeful life is by being able, the is the caliber or the quantity of uh, discomfort that you can endure in any moment is is directly proportional to um, everything that's really valuable in your life. Kyle, that is so good. Thank you so much for sharing with me today. Thanks for joining me on the show and having this wonderful conversation. I appreciate you taking the time and and I really um, feel the value that you've added to me and I know that you've added value to my audience. So thank you been a blast, Robert. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode brought to you by the power of intentional decisions that lead to massive action. Those aren't just buzzwords. They're qualities that can help you take control of your life 
and build a successful business. To support you on this journey, we're offering you our most popular survey to help you establish a baseline. Visit enjoybizlife.com to check it out and take the first steps towards changing your life and business. We often make things more complicated than they need to be, losing sight of what's truly important. This tool will help you refocus on what matters most so that you can start doing the things you've always wanted to do, like spending quality time with loved ones. And if you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by liking, subscribing, or leaving a review. But most importantly, share it with someone who needs to hear it. In our next episode, Heather shares about adding value and the ability to create connections when you put other put the other person first. She chose to become a speaker to sell her book and then figured out that there's a world where speakers get paid and that it's even more impactful. She helps companies and people grow into their authentic self. Her goal is to scale her company to increase her impact in the world. 